Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Look out. It's only films to be buried with. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein. I am a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a seamster, and I love films. As Nietzsche once said, the future influences the present as much as the past. And if you aren't at least giving the new Suspiria a go, you're missing out. Every week I invite a special guest over, I tell them they've died, then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. Future guests include Dane Baptiste, Evelyn Mock, and next week we even have Mr. Ricky Gervais himself. But for episode 19, we've got one of my favourite funny people, it's Mr. Al Stick. Please remember to subscribe and give us a nice five-star review because it helps with numbers and then I can keep making these and we can all keep hanging out and thank you very much for doing that. So... Episode 19. We recorded this one a few months back, quite early on in this process. Uh, If you don't know Al, he plays a recurring part in Flowers, and he is one of the most naturally funny stand-ups I know. Weirdly, I highly recommend you follow him on Instagram, because his Insta stories are a genuine work of bleak comic art, and one day they will be playing in a museum. Al was quite nervous about this going out, but I do think he's brilliant. It's very funny and it's very insightful. However, I have left it basically unedited. And it's, I do, I know I always do this, but there should be trigger warnings all over this episode. There is swearing, there are spoilers, and there are very humorous moments on incredibly dark topics. So you have been warned. And yes, E.T. comes up again. Of course it does. It always does. Poor old E.T. traumatizing kids throughout the land. Leave him alone. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 19 of Films to be Buried with. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. 
you'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with, with me, Brett Goldstein. I am joined today by one of my <laughs> comedy heroes. You might not know this man, and that is purely because of his lack of... Brilliant start. Uh, <laughs> his lack of ambition and slash desire to do anything with, with the talent he has. In many ways, he's the goodwill hunting of stand-up comedy. I think he What is, do you mean? What I mean is you're the most naturally gifted comedian I know, yeah. and yet you don't really do a lot of gigs. Yeah. <laughs> you All don't right. use this gift you have. And for the rest of us working on the building site, we're like, why, if you're not fucking doing some maths by tomorrow, I'm not going to be your friend. This is a great podcast already. Should um, we leave it there? He's also starring in Flowers, the TV. He's the, the star of Flowers, that's fully what it is, which is on, what's the release date? Uh, I don't know, June, middle of June. Middle of June, season two. Correct. It was also in season one. If you've not seen Flowers, it's fantastic. Yep. Real work of art. And uh, uh, we've lived together briefly in places. We did, didn't we? Uh, he's a, what else do you do? When did we live together? Anything else on your CV? No. Nah. Other than a couple of gigs. <laughs> An episode of Flowers. <laughs> This is terrible. I don't want to do this anymore. This is really, it's really degrading. It's you really didn't say it at the beginning of this. So he sent me this big, massive PDF going, we're going to talk about films. And I get here, it goes, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce this total waster, fucking piece of shit, can't get him his ass. This is awful. This is all, look, look, I've got a notebook in my hand for nothing. Absolutely nothing. Do you want to start again? This is worse than, like, comedy roast. <laughs> this is what this podcast, it's nothing to do with films. Limited no for film the chat. casual listener. This is what the podcast is. You go in Brett's house and he calls you to come for an hour. <laughs> Welcome to the show! <laughs> no, in all seriousness, he's a fucking amazing comedian and if you do get the chance to see him and he doesn't gig a lot, that is fair. You don't gig a lot, you should go and find him because it will totally make your evening. Make your life. Yeah, it's too much. So, Al, thank you very much for coming round. All right. <laughs> uh, all right, weird start, but all right. Do you like films? Yeah. I like films. I don't. I don't. I don't like going to the cinema very much. Really? Yeah. Why so? I just people annoy me. Like other people annoy me. I think the the eating thing is something that really gets on my nerves. Do you get that, or do you not mind that? Uh, depend. Like, do you not eat if you go to cinema? No, never. I have never eaten in a cinema, and I and I think I was thinking about this when you sent me this email about this podcast. Mm. And I think the reason it, and one of the reasons it annoys me is. The things they eat. Why are you eating? Why do you need to eat sweets? Yeah. It's the implication of it is it's a very pacifying experience or like a child. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Why are you eating? Why are you? Why do you need? And the other thing about it is, if you go, if you go, what time did you get up? Oh, eight a.m. Okay, it's eight p.m. now. Yeah. You've had twelve hours to eat a packet of fucking minstrels. <laughs> Why now? You haven't eaten him in the whole day, and it gets the one point in the yeah. day 
where it will annoy other people and you just be quiet for an hour and a half mm. and they go, oh, what's the noisiest thing I can eat? <laughs> but, because, I, you know what I mean? That, that's yeah. the other thing. I think, who was the first person who did it? must have been the first person who said, we'll have popcorn or that oh, sort of thing. the tradition, tradition is very strange. Yeah, but even that, even that, I just think, why? For what reason? But then someone told me, actually, that, that is popcorn is actually, or confectionery is the main source of income for cinemas because there's not much money made in the distribution of the film itself. So, you know, maybe they have to. But I just just think it's slightly... But it could be, like, less... It could be healthier or less noisy. Well, if you're going to eat... Well, that's the the other thing. Yeah, I mean, the other noise is me tutting, going, think of all that white sugar, (laughs) you get cancer. If I had a cinema, I'd go, you can have sugar, but you have bananas. Because it's quiet... And it's natural sugar. It's just fructose. You won't. It won't make you ill. There's bit maybe a bit too much potassium, but have a banana. Good Treat for energy. It. Keep you awake if it's a long film. Yeah. It's quiet. I'd go to that cinema. Yeah. The banana. Cinema. It is also a weird sort of suggestion to people that you can't not put your hand in your mouth for yeah two hours. But that it's people that, like, it, well, you're going to sit down. You're going to yeah. have to put your hand in your mouth repeatedly for two hours <laughs> yeah. because how else can you sit still for two hours? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't know what I was going to say then. Okay. I was thinking about I was thinking about in certain in certain cinemas that's true I think if it's like a if it's like a multiplex experience but mm. if you go to the BFI or whatever I guess it's less likely you get that they don't have popcorn at the BFI no or or confectionery as far as no, I remember I think I think uh, uh, if you're allowed to take food in which I'm not sure you are you'd be buying like sort of pretentious nuts at the bar right right in, but like, it is still like five pound in a in a little thimble of But that's still interesting that you have to be doing something. The implication is you have to be eating. You have to be eating something. Or you will die. You can't not eat for like two hours or whatever. That's it's still sort of interesting. Well, it's also like going to the cinema is a treat. It's the whole right, psychology of you're going right, for a treat right, and right. another treat is ice cream and another yeah, treat yeah. is sweets. Why don't you put all the fucking yeah, treats yeah, in yeah, all yeah, yeah. a couple of hookers? Yeah. You'll have the night of your yeah, life. Why don't you fucking shoot up? Yeah. <laughs> I, had, I went to see um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It, uh, the new one or the original No, no, no. It was, the, it was a reprint of the original one. Yeah. And it was, at, um, I think it was at the Odeon Tottenham Court Road or something. It was one of the only places shown it and it was in the afternoon mm-hmm. and it was about half one. And um, I went there, and there was no one else there. So the advert started or whatever. It was empty. It was empty. So I sat in this seat, and as I was waiting for the film to start, two other people came in. I could hear them chatting, and they sat right behind me, and they were talking about how they could get methadone for the whole film, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, just behind me, just going... No, no, if you go like, if you go to clinic, like, you get there about two, you get get your methadone, mate, that'll get you off it. Memorable experience. I guess you did learn something. I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, but, you know, yeah. notably, they weren't eating minstrels. I'm with you in that I don't like... The thing that worries me about cinema is, is people. But I, look, I'm very lucky, very privileged in that I mostly work at night. Yeah. So right. I go to cinema often in the day and I yeah. pick a time where I think no one's going to be there. Yeah. So I try and get it so there's only four other people or, or people on their own. There's a cinema in Shepherd's Bush where the only people in the cinema are homeless people that, I don't know if this is, like, official. I think it's, like, under the radar that basically I went to see a film and there was an old man, it's just me and this old man, and the old man looked like he was dead. 
And for the whole, and the truth is, I thought I think that man's died because he it looked like he wasn't breathing. Yeah. But I thought, well, if he is dead, I'm, I'll finish the film and then I'll yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's already dead. I don't want to miss yeah. that. It's like 16 quid on his ticket. I I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had exactly the same thing. I went to Greenwich Picture House and to see this film called Free Fire. You know that yeah, Ben Wheatley thing? Reading. And uh, there, was a, there was three people about a few rows in front. So it's fairly, it was fairly empty apart from that. And he was talking quite loudly, one of his blokes. So he was about in his late 50s. He had like a leather waistcoat, sort of a bit odd. Lovely. But he was going, is this supposed to be a comedy? <laughs> I heard this is meant to be a comedy. Not funny, is it? And the woman next to him is going, just just keep it down. And then they had another guy with him as well. I think he was maybe, you know, they took him out for the day. He was a pisshead or whatever. But it went on for quite a while. Till mm. in the end, I went up, I went up behind his seat. I said, "Excuse me, can you just keep it down, please?" And he didn't say anything. They went quiet. And I thought, okay, that's good. I went back to my seat. About ten minutes later, out loud, he went, "Anyone else wants to tell me to keep it down? I'll go home, get a shotgun, and come back. See how fucking like that." And then he just went quiet again. But I had the exact same thought. I thought, oh, he might kill me, but it was 12.50 yeah. to get in. I can't, you know what I mean? I can't leave it. And I wasn't particularly enjoying the film either. Oh, wow. You didn't um, even want to know how it ended. Yeah, yeah. But also, I didn't really want to die. But Why And in the that? end, someone must have reported him because an usher came in. And did what? Um, got shot. <laughs> <laughs> Told him to leave, and he, he left. All three of them left. Um, what, calmly? Yeah. Really? Didn't really kick off at all, yeah, yeah. So yeah. weird. You're brave to go over and say something. I, I never do. Oh, oh, really? Well, once I went to see Black Swan and... What's that? The Darren Aronofsky film with Natalie Portman. Okay. It's a good film, like a horror, like a lesbian horror. Oh, oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So it's full, I think I went on, like, preview. It was, like, right. an opening night or whatever. Right. Completely full. I was on back row and there was a man in front of me who just kept checking his phone, so this light kept coming up. He wasn't talking, but he's just relentlessly checking his phone. And I, and what was funny about it is I know now I, in hindsight I realise to him he didn't know it was a thing that was building up. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, for yeah. me it was like he did it once. Oh God, he did it again. Yeah, so yeah. so for an hour, and I yeah. never say anything. So I'm yeah. very English and repressed. But I was thinking you're fucking ruining Black Swan. Yeah. And he just kept he put away his phone. And then I go okay, it's all right. And then he bring it up again. Then he put it away, bring it up. And then finally, after like an hour and ten, I leaned forward and went, please turn off your phone! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I made him jump so much, <laughs> because I think he, it wasn't like I'd given him a warning. I yeah. went to a hundred out of nowhere, <laughs> yeah. and he literally went, whoa! And, yeah. <laughs> and sat there like scared. And I but thought, it worked, right? Yeah, it did work, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever seen a film at Peckham Multiplex? Yes, I have, yeah. Wow. We had a screening of Superbob there. Did you? Mm-hmm. That's an experience. Mm-hmm. It's just basically, Peckham Multiplex is... A party with a <laughs> film projected onto a wall in the background. You know the, the footage of raves where they just have an old <laughs> film on the background. And everyone's like, <laughs> "That's what it is." There's people going, oh, I, "I remember I watched um, I watched one of the Jurassic Park films or something like that." There, people yeah. chatting. There was a woman in front of me with packed lunch, like a packed lunch box, just having a chat with her mate, eating some Doritos, yeah. digging in. Bloke answering the phone. Hello. <laughs> No, no, you, no, I can talk, mate. Yeah, go on. It is incredible. And the, the mad thing is, they all clap at the end. They all go... Oh, to the DJ. <laughs> yeah. Um, I told you that time when I watched Spectre there. I used to do this as a bit of stand-up, but it's actually happened. I was watching Spectre, and the screen was all blurry. I thought, well, someone's going to have to say something. It went on for yeah. about five minutes, like that, the Bond film. And... Um, in the end, people, rather than someone going out and mm. telling someone, everyone's like going, boo, <laughs> fucking hell. 
Come on, boo! <laughs> After about five minutes, it shut down. Everyone went, oh! Right, it's sort of, sort of small riot. And then behind me, this guy come in, he was wearing a parka, and he went, ladies and gentlemen, can I have your attention? Everyone looked around, he went, no, no, it's all right, I, I work here. All I can say is, there's always something fucking up here. And then he just walked out. Like, the only time that's happened to me once before was in yeah. the Renoir. They sent me a fucking letter, an apology. Please have these complimentary tickets. Like, a, a embossed wax stamp on it. Hand-delivered by a horseman. And Pecker and I go, nah, I ain't working, mate. Uh, so you never saw... It didn't start up? It did in the end, after about half an hour. Um, yeah. But... Um, noticeably, everyone still asked for a refund, <laughs> and they and they gave it that full three pounds fifty. Nice. Going back to that original point, yeah. Something about when people talk about cinema and they say, you know, why why do people go to a cinema now? You can watch it on demand, or mm. you can watch it at home. I think the re- the reason is, or one of the reasons to do that now is because you can't have distractions, yeah. so you can't look at your phone. So actually, it becomes quite a solitary experience in that sense or one of the only times you can have quiet and concentration yeah you know that's but, why i like it yeah right right it's the only place i'll like turn off my phone and yeah, exactly here. yeah I'm, I'm in church now yeah right <laughs> <laughs> well you have a wang yeah <laughs> we well 15 minutes here we haven't let's start we've done nothing how oh by the way i thought we oh shit i've got sad news oh what's oh, happened? fuck i forgot to tell you oh shit i'm so sorry You've died. Oh, no. Oh, you died. Oh. I'm sorry, man. How no, that's all right. Don't worry How did you die? Um, kill myself. <laughs> Doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Thank you, Doctor. <laughs> Thank you, St. Peter. Why? Why? Well, you don't even have to answer why. Um, but how, I guess. I always wanted to uh, uh, guillotine myself to death. That's a great one. Yeah, I just think it's a really sort of... Go in a flourish, sort of stylish way mm. to go out, isn't it? And you don't hear about it often these days. No. Yeah. I'm going to have to put much. a trigger warning on this podcast. What, about the killing yourself? Yeah. Thing? What do people say for the death thing normally? Uh, they usually come up with, like... Uh, Already I like the subtle dig there. They usually come up with something <laughs> and not give Listen, it no thought, which you've clearly done. I like what you've come up with. Yeah, but yeah, but there's no good... What is other people gone? Lung cancer... <laughs> really low, inexorable death. Okay, we're going to start that whole little All right. bit again. All right. All right. Oh, I've got sad news now. Yeah. Oh, fuck, I forgot to tell you. It's, oh, go it's on. really sad. I forgot to tell you. Oh, God. Oh, I don't know if you knew. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm really sorry. I probably should have told you before we started, but... Oh, oh Al, you've died. Oh, bloody hell. I know. How did, you, how did you die? Kill myself. <laughs> Oh, all right, we can keep it all in, I guess. How did you die? I was eating in the sea. I was eaten by a shark. In the sea? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very sad. Okay, so here we are. You've died, yeah. eaten by mm-hmm. sharks. But the good news is... Do you think there's an afterlife? Nah. Okay, well, the good news is there is. <laughs> oh, and, uh, and in this afterlife... Don't I look stupid? Yeah, but they don't mind. They're very forgiving and loving. But what they do love is films, and they want to know about your life. Okay. Do films. So what's the first film... You remember seeing? I remember being off school sick as a kid and seeing a film called My Little Chickadee, which is a W.C. Yes. Fields film. Yes. With Mae West. 
an old black and white film from the 40s, I think. And I remember it vividly as being engaged with a film or being riveted by a film. I couldn't tell you why, mm-hmm. but um, maybe just because it was on. Maybe I'd, <laughs> never, maybe I'd never sat through a whole film before or something about it, you know, something about it sort of compelled me to watch it. Probably both of them together, they're both very funny right. performers. And it's a Western and it's a sort of, sort of satire of a Western and... So but that's you, watch, the, you watch that on your own? Yeah. Right. So, you know when you're off sick from school and you've got a cold and I was lying on the sofa and the TV was on? I mean, those, maybe they still do have films like that on in the day now. I don't know. But, um, I, mean, but no, I don't think it is. BBC Two now is like the daily politics or something like that. Yeah. But in those days, they used to be... So the things that I watched when I was younger was... There used to be Laurel and Hardy on every day. So I used, I used to watch that all the time. And there used to be Harold Lloyd on as well. And I was much more obsessed with Harold Lloyd than um, any of the others. I don't, I don't remember if Charlie Chaplin was on, but I never, I never liked it if it was. Did you always want to do comedy from this? No, no, no. no. I, just thought it was, I just thought it was maybe because there was nothing else like that on. Right. And as a kid, you don't... But all, but all stuff is comedy to a kid. All TV is... Kids' TV is, yeah. is comedy orientated. It's about having fun and mucking about or whatever. So... Probably a child doesn't distinguish between a Laurel and Hardy and a Chuckle Brothers or whatever, which is not, you know, which is a similar yeah, kind of the, thing. Yeah, but the kids have superheroes and they have uh, Yeah, it's different He-Man now, and but, yeah. It's not all fun and games. He-Man's not having much of a laugh, is he? He's got the universe. No, so. in, in fact, yeah, they're quite sophisticated now for children. Yeah. You know, they really, they promote good messages and things now, don't they? Which didn't used to didn't used to happen. Well, we had Thomas's hand engine, which was... What's the message there? Horrendously dark messages about being a worker. That's it? Yeah, there's a whole thing. You should look it up. It's really disturbing. Really? Yeah, it's basically like... There's one where... The, the darkest... Like, there's one where the end of the episode is Gordon misses a day of work or something, and they brick him up under a bridge, like, ton, you know, in a tunnel. Right. Like, lock him inside and brick up the whole wall so he can never get out. And you just see his little eyes darting around and the voiceover goes like something like, but he shouldn't have missed a day of work, should he, kids? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really dark. But that is probably why I am a workaholic. Right. They probably do have um, sort of insert messages into these programmes. But then the successful ones, kids' programmes, you know Dave Thompson, who's Tinky Winky? Right. He, he was Tinky Winky and Sally Tubbies, or one of, one of them. And he was telling me that they refined that formula over years for mm. the Teletubbies. And it's, and it's a genius show for kids for a number of reasons. It's very simple. Mm-hmm. They're four different colours. They've all got their own thing. And you can do it around the world. Yeah. You know, you can, you can uh, syndicate it. You know, it's one yeah. of the few British TV programmes that's shown in, like, Iran or China or whatever, you know, because it's so simple. And the genius of it, it repeats itself. So halfway through, they go, again! And it's just the, it's just yeah. the same show again. It's an amazing idea. Yeah. And also, there's, you, you don't have to make more because kids are growing out of it all the time and then a new generation get into it. And by the time they come of age, you know, there's a finite amount of... Teletubbies. Teletubby episodes, all right. What's the film that scared you? <laughs> What's the film that scared you the most? I think Jaws scared me as a kid. When did you see Jaws? How did you see it? I don't remember the first time I saw it. I remember it more as being... Yeah, I don't remember a lot of times I saw those iconic films like Star Wars or whatever, but I know that they featured quite large in my right. childhood. And I remember Jaws being 
a thing that was very frightening to me, the idea of um, being lower down in the food chain, <laughs> of not being top of the food chain. Right. So if, you, if you're a kid, you're taught that you're the top of the food chain, mm-hmm. okay? You can, everything is yours to eat. And then all of a sudden you're told there's such a thing as a shark and a crocodile and you're not anymore. You're just a bit of, you know, you're a bit, a bit of, of meat. meat. You're a bit, you are, yeah, you are a bit of meat to a shark. A shark is above you. A shark, in, in an environment where you're not the master, i.e. the sea, yeah. um, the shark will kill you. That's a weird thing. That's a weird thing about nature. So because we, we're land dwelling mostly, we can, in, in the environments where we live, we can mostly control our natural predators like lions and things or there's special parks for lions we have safaris and things like that the sea is much more we're not amphibious so it's a wild west it's a threat it's 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 yeah it's it's chaos yeah yeah anything can happen but yeah so that Mm. so that frightened me that idea and maybe the other thing about that is as a kid the seaside is a fun place and it's associated with holidays and building sandcastles and things and yet you're, clo- you're so close to something so horrendous. Yeah. Not necessarily a shark, but the sea itself yeah. is, is, a, is a really dangerous place, an unnatural place. Love the sea. Yeah. Really yeah. dangerous. It's really dangerous, yeah. It. Yeah. But I don't know why, I don't know why sh- that film is so frightening. But my sister texted me recently and she went, Anya, my ni- that's my niece, Anya's six. So right. Anya wants to watch Jaws. I said, well, where, how has she heard of George? She said, I've no idea, school or something like that. Um, shall I let her watch it? And I said, Fiona, you need to remember what it's like. Because I happened to have watched it on, on TV a couple yeah. of weeks prior to this conversation. And I sent her the clip where Robert Shaw gets eaten on the boat. <laughs> yeah. And she went, she's not watching that. Because <laughs> you forget, it's at, it remains one of the most horrific things I've ever yeah. seen. And it's a PG or something. It's a, it's a PG because it's the 70s and they're much more liberal, the BBFC yeah. or whatever are much more liberal then and go, yeah, don't worry, kids can watch that. It's horrific. And the shot, he stays on that shot for mm-hmm. a long time. A long time, and it's shot from the side yeah. in wide, and you see him. Go, he slowly goes down. I was saying to someone recently, it's like the way humans eat an oyster. You know, when you tip it up, that's what the shark does with a boat. I think it's just. Yeah. I think it's just. There's something about the the inevitability of his death, and he mm. struggles a bit. And there's something about the sound. There's no music, and you just yeah. hear these things moving about on the boat and sliding down. And there's nothing he can do. And it does it slowly. It bites once, then twice. And then it goes like, you know. And the blood coming out of his mouth. His mouth. And then it's just, and then, then, and then that, there's that amazing last shot where it slowly slides backwards with him into the sea. Mm. And that, and that's it. And then that's it. It's quiet. And it's sort of horrific. It is horrific. And then I was saying to my sister, I remember the opening scene when that girl gets eaten, when she goes night swimming. Yeah. And she's screaming. And the thing she's screaming is, I don't want to die. I said, don't show this film to Lenny. <laughs> this is not for a it's, it's horrific, yeah. I watched Carrie too young. Right. I was thinking about this right. the other day. Right. I was like at a sleepover with my friend Coral and we watched loads and loads of films. We had like four videos yeah. and one of them was Carrie, but I think I must have been like eight yeah. and I remember like, like we were really tired and so I sort of was kept falling asleep but every time I woke up, something horrendous was going on. And then yeah. it was like in my nightmares. Right. And then I properly fell asleep. And then when I woke up, it was the end sequence of Carrie. Yeah. And then I didn't sleep for about three weeks. Yeah. But also Carrie has 
It's a very graphic. Yeah. But, but it's great. It is, yeah. It's a really good film. Yeah, it's, I really like the book as well. Yeah. It sort of annoys me when people go... People are quite disparaging about things like that, though, like genre fiction and things like that. No, you should be reading Thomas Mann or something. Yeah. You go, well, there's, not, there's nothing you can learn can't from that me. you can't learn from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stephen King's a fucking amazing Yeah, man. right, 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 right. What's the film that made you cry the most? I'm interested in this one with you. Um, I remember seeing E.T. as a kid, mm. and I've never, ever watched it again because I found it upsetting. Have you watched it again? Really? Honestly, I won't, I refuse. Me too. I absolutely refuse to watch. And I know quite a few people like that of our generation who say, I, I don't really? ever want to see it again. Yeah, it, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to sit through it again. I don't know what it is about it. It's fucking sad. I was reading something recently about how Steven Spielberg's gone from doing... Um, alien, aliens were nice then. Aliens yeah. were called nice and innocent and weird, a weird little dumpy little character E.T. Mm. It's quite an innocent childlike thing. And then all of a sudden it's War of the Worlds and they're here to kill us and it's Independence Day. There's very few films now made about aliens that nice are... Nice aliens. Although there, there are ones like that. I've forgotten that one with Amy Adams. Arrival. Yeah. Arrival, where they're sort of benign or whatever. Or it's like this thing about... It's optimistic. Yeah, yeah. Or, but the only thing is, we've, we've got modern science fiction films. Every time I watch anyone, any, any modern science fiction, you get to the end and go... Oh, right, it's that thing about how time is circular or whatever. <laughs> like interstellar or whatever. They're all the same thing. They go, oh, right, they've gone through a wormhole and like the, <laughs> the present is whatever or time is a hole or whatever. It's just the, that's as much as my brain can be bothered to think about it. I go, oh, this is me at the end of a science fiction film. Oh, right. <laughs> it's, that, it's that again, is it? We're still doing that thing. Uh, what is the film that you love Everyone says it's shit. So, critically, this is a bad film, but you're like, I don't give a shit. This is, I, I love it. I watch a lot of um, things like um, rubbish things that are on late at night because I'm channel hopping. Mm -hmm. So things like, things I've seen way too many times. It's bad. Things like Alien versus Predator. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll watch that. I'll quite, if that's on, I'll happily sit through it again. I mean, it's it's bad. Right. I mean, it's really bad. What's the reason? I've not seen. What's the I reason they're having a fight, the alien and the predator? It's something to do. It it's set in the Arctic for whatever reason. I think maybe it's maybe they want it to be like they want it to be like the thing or, or okay. whatever. Like, but it's in a pyramid. Mm -hmm. They they uncover this ancient pyramid for some. I couldn't tell you why. <laughs> and um, and and the aliens come back life somehow they're defrosted you know that thing in science fiction film where they go oh we've defrosted something that was a million years old all right okay that's that's the <laughs> right. exposition of it which i think is the plot of the thing as well but anyway yeah so the aliens get defrosted and then the, somehow the predators are also there and they're fighting each other but also the humans are there and there's Who this wins? big uh, whoever wins we lose that's the tagline isn't it i'm fairly certain that is the tagline who, yeah. who, who does win though even though we lose well, there's, uh, you know, it's one of the things where the humans slowly get picked off, which I always like. Yeah, but who wins of the alien or the predator? Well, there's a, a few different predators and a lot of aliens, so that you know, it's a draw. Call it a draw? Okay. Yeah, I think at the end, I think, I think there's like a, a woman who's like the sole survivor of the humans, and I think at one point she sides with the predator and they combine forces to kill the alien. Yeah, I think I'm pretty certain that's what happens, and then the predator does that thing of going respects her for being a warrior so 
you know, gives her a skull or whatever. I don't know what it does. Oh, right. And just leaves like the predators always do. It's in a pyramid, so it's that mm. weird thing. Pyramids are often invoked when a filmmaker's run out of imagination. You know, like Stargate, where you go, yeah, all right, like it. it's just Egypt. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're going through the Stargate to a whole other world. Wow, what's that going to be like? <laughs> huh? It looks exactly like Egypt. <laughs> I mean, exactly like Egypt. It That's is the plot. Egypt. It's yeah. Egypt. It's not really a, a time... It's, and it's oh, just are they like, just going back to the past? No, they're just going... To it's just like a, a well, saving a, a plane. Yeah, they're saving flight. time, isn't it? Oh, OK. It's just like America to Egypt in one step. Yeah. What do other people say for that? Because I couldn't think of, like, a bad film that... We've had all sorts. Well, Nish's one was American Hustle, which was a fair choice because a lot of people don't like American Hustle, stupidly. Who's in American Hustle? Amy Adams again. Oh, that! I didn't realise it was panned. I was yeah, thinking of something that's really shit. But... Yeah, you, you were right. You, you, you did that correctly. All right. What is the, the opposite of that? What is a film that you used to love and you're like, I love this film, I love this film, and then you've watched it recently and gone, oh, my God, this film is shit. doesn't hold up. What is it? I get that a lot more with TV shows. I watched The A-Team recently, an old episode of The A-Team, yeah. and it was appalling. I was really? so disappointed, yeah. yeah. Everything about it was, was bad. And it was, you know, it was such a sort of staple of mm, my childhood. But thing, I look back on a lot of films and go, oh, well, that's quite, that's quite dodgy. I, I watched a bit of um, Back to the Future Part 2 on TV a while back. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes back to the 80s and, the, and whatever, the past is altered because X, Y and Z. And the idea of um, the dystopian past is black people living in his neighbourhood. That's why it's meant to be horrible. Really? His house, there's a black family living in his house and it's like a, the windows are broken and all that. And you go, wow, this is not okay. No I mean, if you had been generous, you could say, oh, this is a comment on sort of Reaganite era um, housing projects or whatever or disenfranchisement of, of the black community. But you go, I don't think it... I think no, they're just it's saying... Um, and they don't explore that topic to justify yeah. the reference enough. It's like... Oh shit! He's, there's a black family living in your house. This is the worst thing that could ever. The part. It's not even. You need to fix. It, yeah, yeah. It's not even. You go back to the past and Hitler won the war. It's, yeah. it's much worse. <laughs> you'll you'll never believe it. Your neighbours. Hitler really lost the war. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shit. So there's a lot of yeah, a lot of things like that. Although I never, I wouldn't say I ever loved those films in the first place. But no. What about you? You've got a film you look back on and go, "Wow, this doesn't hold up." Yeah, it was The Breakfast Club. I have talked about this before. Do you know, I've never seen it. Don't. Really? It's it's hateful. In fact, I've never seen a lot of those John Hughes ones. Mm. I've never seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Never that, seen I it. I think that holds up. Right. I think it holds up if you if you just go, Ferris Bueller's a cunt, but yeah, he's, right. he's likeable. I think the reason I don't watch it is because because it's they've all got that iconic sort of status. It annoys me. Yeah. And, and I think because it's a reference point in that retro way I just go well I don't you know it just annoys me the way people talk about those films so I deliberately don't watch them that's my way of that's sticking it that. to the man yeah <laughs> yeah sticking it to the man yeah take that government that's pretty cool yeah <laughs> Theresa May what's that a bit controversial for her yeah <laughs> Theresa May ouch he hasn't watched yeah. the John Hughes film yet yeah how do you feel about that Trump <laughs> you've not even seen Weird Science uh, yeah I've seen that okay. yeah, yeah. yeah I don't remember it much about it what is the film? I like this this one. What is the film that's the most meaning to you because of the experience you had watching it, not necessarily the film itself? Film could be average. I think I've already I think I've already 
talked about that with what happened with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, okay. Where um, you learned where to get the methadone. Yeah, with those guys sitting behind me talking about the methadone. I, 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 do, I do have quite vivid memories of watching films when I was younger and being quite excited about it. I remember watching the Tim Burton Batman, the first one, yeah. and I remember there being a big thing about certification because it was a... I think it was the first 12 film or something like that, mm. and I was like, however old, I don't know what it was, I must have been around that age. I was like, oh, my God, this is my age. And I remember there being a queue... Yeah. It, the ABC in Romford, there was well, it used to be the ABC, and it was quite a grand cinema. But I remember it being a massive queue for it. It was like a big thing. I, just, I don't know why that was. They had a certification for that. I suppose because we someone else. This was someone else's answer. It was a big deal for because it was it was the first like serious superhero film, and it was like dark, and it yeah. couldn't be a PG. And but we all wanted to go. And yeah. They, but so then they invented a whole new certificate. They weren't going to make it 15 because then no one could go. Yeah. But they came up with 12. So it was like, guys, yeah. this one's fucking dark. Yeah, right. And there's that thing when you're younger as well. You yeah. go, I'm not watching PG. Yeah, God, yeah. I'm not a child. <laughs> right, do you want to watch a 12? Oh my God, I don't know if I'm ready. <laughs> 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 that happened when I was young, yeah. actually. When, when I was about that age, I asked my mum if I could watch Robocop. I, know, I must have been about 10 or something like that. And she went, well, if you want, but I'm not dealing with it if you have nightmares. And I said, so I can watch it. And she went, I just told you, you, you can watch it if you want, but I'm, I'm absolutely not dealing with it if it affects you in any way. And in the end, I didn't watch it. Really? I just said, oh, all right, I won't bother. <laughs> I just thought, oh, I can't handle it. <laughs> I, I, and I remember being... parented. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I asked her about that mm. a few years ago, and she had no... She, she was like, all right, I don't know. I don't think she gave that any thought, really, in terms of good parenting. It's just like, I can't be bothered to deal with it. She gave you the responsibility for your own post-traumatic yeah, stress. Yeah, right, right. She That's said, one this way of looking probably at it, yeah. fuck you up. Yeah. But uh, that happened another time. One of the first films I remember watching, mm. she took me... We went to the video shop when I was very young, a local VHS shop, and um, she went, "What? you just pick a film, what do you want to watch? I remember looking at, like, 15s and stuff like that. She went, no, I don't want to watch those ones. I went, I want that one. And I didn't know anything about it. I hadn't heard of it, nothing. And it was Blade Runner. And she went, really? I went, I don't know if she'd seen it. And I went, yeah, yeah, I want that. But I think it was just complete chance that I saw a video cover. I was like, a man with a gun or whatever. I was like, Mm. yeah, it has to be that one. I didn't know anything about it. I vaguely remember watching it and finding it quite disturbing. Yeah. But I don't remember my thoughts on it. How old were you? Five. One. <laughs> uh, I must have been, I don't know, I don't know, 10 or 11, I don't know. Did your mum watch films with you? Um, Did you watch Blade Runner together or was that just you on your own? I don't remember. She might She might have done, I don't know. Not, not really. I don't think we ever watched films really, no. We, you know, we used to have, a, we used to have, Star Wars um, on a on a VHS with um, the sound of music. You know when you used to put turn them yeah. into LP like long players, yeah. and they were on the same one. So there was constantly arguments about. Do you know what I mean? My sister wanted to watch the sound of music or whatever. Hey, we, Very clear delineation of gender there as well. We, and I I hated the sound of music. I had to sit through it just to wait for forget the Star Wars. You know how my mum? I don't think I've said this on the podcast. How my mum got me to watch the sound of music. 
She told me it was like Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She said, you're like this, it's like Star Wars. And so we watched Sound of Music. So we, we both, me and my sister, we both watched Star Wars and Sound of Music a lot. I did love Sound of Music. Did you? But did you... Well, it was did, a, it's a lot yeah, like but, Star Wars. But did you say that or did you go, this is nothing like it? I, mean, I would I, feel duped. I think her jiggery-puggery worked because the film was so great that I forgot how she tricked me into watching it. Right, right. I, was just, I just loved Maria and thought, I hope she can be my nanny. <laughs> and, uh, I'm sorry to hear about your childhood. Yeah. <laughs> well, we both, both had Sound of Music Star Wars. Okay. Into, yeah. Into, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. They should maybe do. Why don't they do like an Alien versus Predator with Maria and yeah. Luke Skywalker or something? Yeah. Seems a wasted opportunity, doesn't it? Yeah. Now that I'm older, I don't, I'm not one of these people who's overly reverential towards the Star Wars franchise. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, those people who go, the Phantom Menace is the worst thing that it's worse than the Holocaust. It's the worst <laughs> thing that's ever happened. Yeah, well, just don't watch it. It annoys me as well when people do that about. The alien films, like Alien Covenant or whatever, when people go, it's destroyed the franchise. It Just watch it or don't watch it. Just grow mm. up. It doesn't matter. So in your brain, mm. you decide what you want the franchise to be, all right? <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Go, I would, it's destroyed the franchise. It's ruined the universe. Well, don't watch it then. Just yeah. go to your brain. The only alien films <laughs> in the franchise are Alien and Aliens. Or whatever, or Alien 3, whatever the ones you is like that understood, are. Brain? Yeah, is that understood, you stupid moron? Talking about a specific person here. No, but that... And, and also... To I be g- fair, Alien Covenant and Prometheus is the worst thing there ever I, I, I enjoyed it. Because it's so stupid. Yeah. It's so idiotic. And I don't mind that. I mean, I, li- I like that about Ridley Scott, though. He's very... Um, I don't think anyone else can make these, bi- these like, ridiculous entertaining sort of I think Prometheus what happened was I think something's happened with Ridley Scott right and I think he thinks he's going to die soon or something so he wants to he's got this sort of philosophy he wants to impart about life and so he made Prometheus which is absolute dog shit but somewhere in it is an attempt at the meaning of life or something but it doesn't work in any way but I think Prometheus looks like a film that should be about five hours that's just cut in all the wrong places it makes no sense makes no sense things of Russ Shelley's there on goes hi how are you doing next scene she's flamethrowing yeah there's no motivation like that Idris Elba drives a ship into basically on a suicide mission out of nowhere they go do you want to drive the um, ship into that other ship to knock out the sky yeah and you'll die yeah sure no worries and then I reckon they did Prometheus and then all, all the fans, all your mates were like, the fuck is this? This isn't an alien film. And what do you mean st- all my mates? All the studio, the guy you were talking about, your moron friend. Oh, yeah, I hate him. <laughs> so then the studio guy to Ridley Scott, come on, mate, I know you want to do a trilogy of these boring, meaningless yeah. films that no one understands, but can you, put, can you make it an alien film? So that's what people want. And then Alien Covenant is like half an alien film and half... Yeah, Ridley Scott talking about Amelia Life, and it's still absolute dog shit. But yeah. occasionally an alien pops out. Yeah, it's quite entertaining though. I and find it very entertaining. Well, I, I, my my thing is, I can't. I don't like it. When things are boring. There's yeah. one thing you can never say is that they're boring. You know, they might be bad. Although yeah. I don't, I don't think it's a bad. I don't mind it. I'm I'm quite I'm quite happy with it. the more absurd it gets. Now I'm, I don't mind that at all. Have you ever seen The Counselor? Uh, no, Ridley Scott film. Is it bad? I highly recommend it. You will love it. Really? It's, it's, it's considered really bad. Right. I consider it a great night out. It's written by Cormac McCarthy, who wrote The Road. Oh, yeah. It's his first screenplay. It's so bad 
that it makes you question whether whether the road was any good. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. You sort of go, oh, that, you remember that book you love? Maybe you were yeah. wrong because yeah. this is the worst written thing I've ever... Yeah. There's a scene in it. It's one of those few films where you feel really embarrassed for people in it. There's a sequence in it where Cameron Diaz fucks a car. Cameron Diaz climbs onto the windscreen of a You're car. You're thinking of Herbie, aren't you? <laughs> She climbs into a whiskey room car and, and fucks it, spreads her legs and fucks it while, while Michael Fassbender's sat in the car. And then it cuts that like awful. a flashback and then it cuts back to him and he goes, he says, and it's not a joke, it's sort of played like really heavy, he goes something like, it was like an octopus. <laughs> Sounds like the worst car wash. It's a really special film and I recommend it so highly oh okay alright the counsellor okay I'll, I'll check that out if you like Redley Scott not making not making not making films, good films they're not I'm more than, I'm more than comfortable with that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> in his defence all the money in the world I think is excellent I think oh I haven't seen that it's that thing that um, yeah it's really exciting was cut out of wasn't it Kevin yeah. Spacey was cut anyway yeah he can do really good solid films yeah, yeah. he just doesn't feel like it a lot of the time he can't be bothered yeah what is... I'm scared to ask you this one. What is the film that you found the sexiest? I don't know. If I, I don't think films are sexy. I don't even like that word. I don't want anything to do with it. I just no. want to be on my own. Just, just leave me alone. alone. Yeah. Sorry, it was a question. <laughs> um, I think it's a difficult thing to do without it being clunky and awkward. You end up with something like Crash or, you know... So, something quite explicit. Mm. I suppose something like, you know, In the Mood for Love, that one car wide film. Romantic film. Yeah, although there's a lot of, there's a lot of sort of sexual repression in that film mm. that's never, it's, it's always sort of implied. That's your answer, is it? A, a romantic. Can you answer I it? I just don't know. Can you know. answer it like you don't think people are going to listen? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, that's a really lovely answer, In the Mood for Love. Like, what a great, it makes me think, God, he must be such a great guy, I want to marry him. If there are any girls listening, um, I'm a really sensitive guy. But are you not, are you not happy with that answer? Uh, I am happy with it. I think it's a really excellent answer. I'm just... I struggle with that. I, I, in fact, I, I spent quite a lot of time trying to think of a sexual film, and it's hard to think of that because of pornography, I guess, which is quite explicit and, and sort of blunt. It's still a film. It's still a film, yeah. But I don't... I guess the, 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 there's currently, I'm considering having a new section in my podcast that's come up, it's called Troubling Boners. Uh, <laughs> like, where you've been, like, aroused by a film, but you're not sure you should be or why it's a bit dark, like, oh, is right, there something wrong with really me? Good. yeah. So, have you, I guess, let's try that quick. So, if the sexiest film is In the Mood for Love, What a Lovely Man, what's the <laughs> film that's given you the most troubling boner? <laughs> I don't think I've ever had, I must have had reactions like that. I don't think I've ever had a troubling boner, purely because it wouldn't trouble me. I wouldn't ever go, oh, this is weird, because I'm quite happy with... Um, Any boner you get. ...getting turned on by The Little Mermaid. You know, I'm not worried. Nothing wrong with that. I don't think... Yeah, I don't... I'd, I'd, I, you know, I'd attribute it to something else. I'd say, oh, well, that triggered that in me, you know, okay. or whatever. Sexual films, I mean, there must, there must be ones, but, but it depends what you mean by that. I don't know what that... Well, like, that you... 
So, so an explicitly sexual film would be something like, let's say, something like Shame or something like that, where there's where there's yeah. sex in it. But it might be like it's weird a sexual science. film. It might be the scene in Weird Science where she has a shower and you go, oh god, when I was right. going, that was the one that. Right. Was. So it would be something from adolescence or childhood, probably. So, you know, or when I was going through puberty or yeah. something like that. Something, something where you weren't aware it was meant to be sexualized. I mean, weird, 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 weird science is actually a good answer in that respect. Mm. I do remember, I do remember taping um, Basic Instinct when it was first on television. There you go. Yeah, and uh, finding it quite unerotic. Hmm. That's funny. I imagine or, it's a twelve-year-old game. This is very or awkward. normally it's awkward. Normally it's quite awkward. If, I'll tell you one. Mm-hmm. There's really, I really like the film. The American with George Clooney. Mm. You know that film? Where he spends an hour and a half building a gun. Yeah, yeah. he's in Italy building this gun. And it's very, very sort of minimalist and uh, very pretty. European. And there's a scene, and I happened to watch it with my mum, it was on telly, and there is a scene when he goes down on a woman for about what felt like a day and a half. It was a, <laughs> but it was about, it was honestly about two and a half minutes long. It was oh, it was absolutely excruciating. But I didn't have a troubling boner. I didn't. It, even if it had shrunk inside me, it inverted. <laughs> uh, uh, he sounds nice, George Clooney. Yeah, I think I like that film, yeah. Who's the... He does the sound actor? nice, doesn't he? Yeah, sp- spending a day and a half down on a woman. <laughs> that is how I imagine George Clooney doing it as well. Yeah, yeah. He's such a great guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cut. We cut a long time ago, mate. Don't you worry about that. You don't go anywhere, sweetheart. <laughs> just enjoy. That's lunch. And it just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Right. What's the film you most related to? I couldn't answer this question. I've got nothing for this. There's no film you've gone, that character's me, that world is mine, that, that feeling, you know, like, I guess in your <laughs> case, something like... Fritz Lang's M. Or... <laughs> I remember the first time I saw Withnail and I. Yeah. And I think I really like this. There's a thing about Withnail and I with, with Paul McCann's character, or I, that thing of being kind of swept along by someone with a big ego. You know those people who you feel yourself shrink in, mm. in the room with? Quite, I find it quite difficult. Those people feel the need to be like quite bombastic and stuff like that. And when you're in the presence of someone like that, you're not really sure who you are other than a person who is, you know... Coping. Coping or becoming a sort of character in your own play. <laughs> you're, yeah. sort of, you're sort of a, a minor character in this person's world. You feel yourself shrinking and you're not sure how to react and you try and say and you become clumsy mm. with the things you say. You're not sure what to say. So that character in that is really interesting because he ends up really nervous and, and in the end he has to break away from this, this guy. I remember watching that and feeling like, because everyone has been in that situation or has had, a, or at some stage or another, that kind of person in their life, or maybe they've been that person as well, which I think is probably the thing most people are guilty of as well at some point, of being that person. If someone's very quiet, mm. you do tend to assume that role of, okay, well, I'm... This person. And the daddy, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if it's a male thing, if it's an alpha testosterone ego thing or what. I don't know what that is, but that but that thing about who's shrinking... Your, who's or, your with now? Or has there been lots? Um, or are you with now? 
No, a lot. There's been a lot of people like that. I mean, in, in comedy, there's a lot of people like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm talking about like the, 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 those big bombastic stand-up characters where I don't like that kind. You know that kind mm. of stand-up. There's quite. When I, when I say aggressive, I mean performatively. I don't mean necessarily verbally or saying things that are controversial. I mean, perform, that, that prowling around the stage thing of like, you know, that, mm. that there's no room there. If you're watching it, I, I find it quite suffocating to, to watch, you know. So that, that, that thing, yeah, I suppose in a, not necessarily in a good way, but identifying with that idea of being in the shadow of someone else which maybe is something to do with... Maybe it's something to do with parents or something like that. Is that Christ, your dad where is this like? going? Yeah, you know that thing of... Is your dad with now? <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. Your nan? Uh, yes, very much so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but maybe there is a bit of that, though. Probably mm. is a bit of that idea when you're a kid of, OK, I'm just the product. I'm a part of their world before you're... Mm. sort yourself out and then you go they're a part of my world and they are nothing they do not control me they do not define me they have got a lot to answer for you said you didn't have an answer you should never have let me watch Robocop you should never have allowed that to happen what were you thinking (laughs) I did end up watching Robocop a few years after that around someone's house Mm -hmm. and um, I think it's my cousin he went, oh, you love this bit. And he freeze frame. there's a bit in it that takes place in like a chemical plant. I was about, maybe nice about 13 or 14. Fucking up that bit. Yeah, and you know, he got, it's like his body's melting mm. and the car runs him over and his head comes off. Mm. And the cousin was like, oh, it pulls up. Like, really? Yeah. That, that fucked me up for a long time, that scene. Yeah, it's quite... Uh, it's probably the first thing I've seen that's quite visceral... Um, or the, the, that that sort of depiction of what can happen to the human body, mm. or you know, horrible more than like because I don't remember seeing Cronenberg or anything like that. I think maybe a lot later I came to things like Videodrome. Oh, is it called Videodrome? Yeah, that thing with James Spader. Yeah, and that kind of that kind of that thing about the body, which became more interesting. I like David Cronenberg a lot. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. Such a good answer. You, you didn't think you had an answer to that question. That's the best. I didn't we've ever know. Had. I don't know until I start. I often don't know until I start talking. What is the film that objectively you think is the greatest film of all time? Like, if you had to show, this is the pinnacle of cinema. It might not be your favorite. You don't want to watch it every day. But you go, this is, this is the one. That's really difficult mm-hmm. to encapsulate what it is. So, I think there's a film called Ten by you know, Iranian. Oh, I thought you meant the Bo Derek film. Bo Derek is on a beach, (laughs) and I think objectively... Blake Edwards. I I get a very troubling boner. It's a film called Ten by Abbas Karastami, who's Iranian film director, Mm -hmm. and it's about... um, It it, it all takes place in a car, so there's no shots outside the car. There's two static cameras, one in the front, one in the back, and it's cut between that. And it's just ten conversations. So it's a female driver, mm-hmm. and there's just ten sort of vignettes of these people, of different characters. She's not a taxi driver, she's just driving her son and then her sister and then and so on. And you just learn a lot. I like very simple films about simple things and about things I don't necessarily know about. So that you know you can learn a bit about Iran or whatever. But there's two things I like about it that I think 
people don't do enough in films, which is minimalism. I like the less, I think, the more simple, mm-hmm. the better with film and, and improvisation. And there's a lot of that in it. I don't like films that are cut quickly and there's too much going on. I just think it's, I don't understand why I'm watching that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I prefer very static things. I don't find that dull or, you know, and, and, and I find it really engaging. So I deliberately picked that one for that reason to, to sort of, because especially now, I think that's a really interesting thing to watch. It, I mean, the camera doesn't even go outside. It's just all in this. And he makes a lot of films like that where, on the face of it, not a lot happens narratively, but it's a really compelling thing to watch. I mean, there's a lot of other films that you could say that's that's clear. That, you know, yeah. you could say The Godfather Part Two or Bicycle Thieves or whatever, but I really like that. I really answer. like that film. It's really austere and um, sparse, but a lot a lot happens and it's really focused on people mm. and faces love it yeah what's the film uh, you could watch the most over and over again or have watched the most over and over again it would honestly be something like Bourne or Predator oh, really? it would be something late at night purely right. for the reason that I've got a bad habit of channel hopping late at night and if I do sort of happen upon uh, Predator, I'll absolutely no question watch the whole thing right. or whatever's on like that or Aliens or whatever. For whatever reason, I find it quite soothing. I remember saying to someone a while ago, it was a really disturbing thought when I was watching Aliens and uh, it, was, it, was, it was like 1am, I was like, I should have been in bed and I was just watching it and I had the thought, oh, I'll go to bed when um, that it comes out of that woman's stomach who's embedded in the glue stuff. I went, oh, I won't go to bed till then. Just that bit where the flamethrowers go up. You know, I can't relax till everyone's dead. Till I see some horrific violence, people screaming, and, you know, the yeah. flatlining thing, mm. and she makes him drive the truck into the bit or whatever. So probably, I've probably seen that more than any other. Predator, I think, is a really, really good film. Yeah. Um, I think it's really... There's, there's things about Predator that people don't do anymore. And there's things I do genuinely, when I watch it again, there's things I don't notice. Like, it's got this signature soundtrack of whenever the alien appears, there's this weird... If you ever notice that sound effect, it says... Yeah. It's like this strange thing. And there's, there's some really interesting things about it. I once wrote an essay on Predator at university, and I couldn't tell you what it was about now. I've forgotten. It was something about racial stereotypes, because the Predator's got... I mean, yeah, it's clearly got dreadlocks and... And there's a lot of things where there's a really interesting scene when they first see him, but they don't know that they can't see him visually. Mm. So they shoot up the space in, and it, it's an absurd shot. And it goes on for about a minute and Jesse Ventura's got his big, you know, that's funny Gatling gun yeah. thing. And they're just, all they're doing is shooting trees because they can't see the, the alien. It, it just scares them so much. I thought that's really interesting. It's such a weird shot. Yeah. And there's a lot about that film that's very odd and sort of sort of strange. I think it's a good film. I like it. It is a good film. I think it's Schwarzenegger's best film. Not Junior? <laughs> well, do you know what I like about him? Right. Schwarzenegger, he cannot do films that are not based on his size. So there, <laughs> you either have to acknowledge it and go, he's a soldier or a commando or a mm. Terminator, or... He's, he's doing pregnant. twins or junior, yeah, and it's just kindergarten cop, yeah. which is that's my sister's favourite film. Oh, lovely! But it's 
<coughs> you can't not reference it. I mean, he has made films where he doesn't reference it, but they're not successful. That's so true. Yeah, but he's that. also, that, that male body type has fallen out of fashion now. Mm. Do you know what I mean? In the 80s, that was like, that was, the, that was how men were meant to look. It was the, the bodybuilding, the Stallone. And now it's much more functional. Like, or you get that Geordie Shaw type body or the Towie body, which is still quite meaty, mm. but it's not necessarily functional. It's just a lot. Of, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's a lot of mass. <laughs> it's yeah. a lot of mass. And not, they're not playing sports or running. It's just doing their weights or whatever it is. But Bourne, I, I had this conversation with um, our friend John Drever oh, about yeah. Bourne, about Jason Bourne, mm-hmm. which is quite, um, it's quite compelling to watch because it's, the fight scenes are so quickly cut. Yeah. You know, and John was talking about John Wick, you know, that Keanu yeah, Reeves thing John where it's, well, it's all shot in wide. Those mm. fight scenes are actually, they don't cut them. Yeah. It's really incredible, the choreography on it. And the other thing about John Wick is he's incredibly fit. The guy's about 52. Oh. He's doing like jiu-jitsu. Really? unbelievable. Yeah. But the reason, the, the, I was thinking about Bourne, and I think the reason men, maybe a lot of women like it a lot, I don't know, but the reason I think it's particularly appealing is because it's a real male fantasy to wake up with no resp- not only if you've got no responsibilities, That's you so know a martial art. You have I bothered to learn it? Have I? Fuck. I've That's woken so up and I know it. I know it intrinsically. I speak seven languages. I've got no part. Nothing yeah. bogging me down. What was your childhood like? I don't know. Oh, I don't have to think about that. Have I seen Robocop? Probably. <laughs> yeah, probably, but it didn't damage me. I can't remember it. It's a real dream. You're international, you travel, you know martial arts, you kill people. Yeah. It's made out in the films to be a kind of a trauma for him, but please, give me a break. <laughs> it's brilliant. And there's clearly the thing in, the, in one of the films, the second one or third one, I can't remember, when his girlfriend gets shot early on. Mm. And the implication is she's baggage. I mean, that's clearly the implication. And then he's dragged back into the exciting world and he can do all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah they're really interesting films. But it's interesting, the evolution of that fighting style that now is, now we've gone to kind of John Wick. The interesting thing about John Wick is that he is doing judo and jiu-jitsu and it's not striking, really. It's not punching or mm. whatever that thing that Bourne does, this kind of close quarter, whatever you call that stuff. That's all martial art thing. Krav Maga. Krav Maga, right, right. But I reckon, I, I, I think the next, the next evolution in action films, if I was to make an action film now, I'd go back to having the star, the star of it wouldn't be that proficient. You know yeah, that Bruce yeah. Willis diehard thing is great because he's yeah. not, he's not a Indiana fighter. Indiana Jones is not. Indiana Jones. The early Bond films, he doesn't. Bond's like a, and in the books, he's like a slugger, he's a boxer, you know, he can, right. he can throw a punch, but that's, you know, bare minimum training and that stuff. But now he, the the Daniel Craig ones, he's, he's got a few moves, hasn't he? he yeah, can he's do pretty some good. Throws and whatever. He's pretty good. He is pretty good. He's Bond. Pretty but handy. That, but I think they should go back to that, where if you had a, realistically, if you had a fight, a fight scene, that's mm. so why I think people like, <coughs> you know, like people who are into MMA and all that stuff, you would, what is the best martial art for self-defence? You go, well, realistically, the chances of you ever being involved in something like that are so small that it's probably not worth learning it. And if you did, (laughs) if you did, just the most basic thing, learn how to throw a punch. You don't need to, what hold is the best to get? Who do you think, where do you think you're going to be? That you go, (laughs) you know, people go, what's the best to fight of three attackers? Sorry, how often do you think 
if ever that's going to... Yeah. How many... What is the best martial arts? I know it's a fight of three attackers on a train and I've got a Finnish passport because for some reason I've kind of been abducted. <laughs> but you don't need to know... At best, you need... You, a, a, absolutely worse. You'll be in that situation. Hopefully, you won't do anything. You'll just hand over your wallet or whatever, mm. right? But if you're really in that situation... You know how to throw a punch, learn boxing or something like that, and to run away or cry <laughs> for help. I mean, where are you that you can't cry out for help or whatever? So learn how to throw a punch. This is my – what's the point of this podcast again? I don't know. But, <laughs> but that's, my, that's my thinking on stuff like that. The conclusion is, you know, learn to, learn to, learn to box. Okay, thank you. I, I don't know that was the question. What is your <laughs> worst film of all time? I can tell you the films I absolutely hate watching. I watched on a plane recently The Weight of Water. Um, with, is that what it's called? The, the Oscar-winning thing. The Shape of Water, sorry. Right. Um, the Shape of Water. What's The Weight of Water? I feel like I've said something yeah. really bad. No, The Weight of Water is... Um, I'm sure that's about racial politics and I now say I'm racist. Is it not? <laughs> I, I hope it is. <laughs> Yeah, so I'll tell you what I hate. Civil Mandela. <laughs> Mandela. Fuck that. I mean, what is this? Oh, not Mandela. What am I talking about? Amelie. <laughs> I genuine, that's genuinely what I hate is Amelie, The Shape of Water, that kind of kooky. Right. The, have you seen The Shape of Water? I have, yeah. Did you like it? Well, yeah, I do like it, but I, oh, I understand you not liking it. Do you know what? I hate? I hate that thing about doing shots of feet tapping together or mm. some or this thing about a character having a routine like oh aren't they quirky they drink their coffee out of a green cup or whatever yeah but at least in shape of water the part of her routine is having a wank to an egg timer yeah i didn't mind that so much yeah and it was all right when she fucked the fish <laughs> yeah like it's got it, the thing is it starts a bit you think oh this is a bit amelie-esque but then she has a wank in the bath and then fucks a fish and you go all right I mean, it picked up at that point. Put it this way, I didn't switch it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to, and I thought, well, let's give it a chance. I'm not having that as worst film of all time. It's too Uh, good. Amelie, I hate. I mean, I hate, I hate it. I don't like that guy who makes those films, Jean-Pierre Jeunet. I don't like Delicatessen. I don't don't know why. I don't like things with funny camera angles. I find that with Brazil, actually. Terry Gilliam films annoy me a bit like that. I know that everyone. Well, you like knows. it's the opposite of what you like, which is minimalist and yeah. But he doesn't. But Terry Gilliam doesn't necessarily do quick cutting. It's just like no. that. I, I know what it is now. It's it's that unnecessary angle thing. Maybe in Brazil it makes sense actually for right. that one, but mostly I think particularly now I see there's a lot of shots in the film where they haven't thought. Well, why does someone do that? You know what? What is that for? Mm. I think that happens. I see that in sort of mockumentaries and things now. You know, when someone does a look to camera and you go, I don't mind mockumentaries, but I go, there's no, why have you done that there? What's the purpose of that there? You know, but I find that with films a lot, there's a lot of shots from weird angles. You go, well, why? There's surely a reason for that. Uh, If it's just to, for the novelty of the shot, you know, oh, that looks cool. Let's have a sweeping thing there. You know, I think it should serve a purpose or a function. Have you seen Victoria, the film? Where it's all one shot. Yeah, I really like that. Good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Good. Really under a, it's really a test now, isn't yeah. it? A test of your patience, this podcast. <laughs> what? Good. It's so, like a relief. Emily is the worst film of all time. Okay, you can have I that. don't know if that's the worst film. There's probably worse films, but um, No, if that's what you hate. That's what you I hate. mean I yeah, I wouldn't ever watch it again. Yeah. I couldn't that's fair. sit it's, through it. It is yeah. um very specific. I get why people like it. Yeah. But it's a it, that that kind of quirkiness just really rubs me up the wrong way. Yeah, it also yeah. doesn't look like your kind of film. If no, I to, right. 
If right. I had to pick a film for you, I wouldn't pick Amelie. I ha- do you know what I hate? Anything described as charming. Mm. I hate it. I hate it. I hate charming. I'll tell you what else I don't like. Slick, polished. You could never accuse Superbob of being that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I've done that with comedy. People go, oh, my God, it's very slick and polished. Really? Fuck me. <laughs> you think of anything more boring than watching something slick and polished. Yeah, or, that's true. I prefer, you know... You want a mess? Yeah, in films, I want an utter mess and no one knows what's going on. I do like that. You know, like Werner Herzog films that are just... Yeah. There's something like, what is going on here? It's just chaos. No one does those kind of films, do they, anymore? They do. They do. do. They? We need to see The Counselor for one. Right, right, right. Uh, right. Yeah, they do. I, lo- I love a film where it's... There's a film by Spike Lee. When I was living in New York for about three months, thank you, there was uh, <laughs> and I go to the cinema to say it again we might not have and there was uh, uh, a film called Spike Lee never never talked about it's a film called She Hate Me on I think it was when Rotten Tomatoes had just started and it got like 0%, zero right, percent. right. And I was like Spike Lee film got 0% and it was like three hours and I was like well I have to see this because it's Spike Lee and I was like yeah. that bad. it's fucking brilliant I mean it's it's insane yeah and it's like 25 different films in one and it's really it's like nuts. Yeah. But I was ne- not bored for a single second. Right. It never went where I thought it would. I don't think it went where anyone knew where it was going, yeah. including the people who made it. Yeah. Great. I, you just reminded me of Do the Right Thing. Yeah. Which I loved when I was... That, that's a really early memory of me being right. really engrossed in a film. And the thing I like about that film is... Yeah. He does something really clever. He references the heat a lot. Yeah. You know, I think the opening scene is in is Spike Lee's, plays that character. I think his name's Mookie or something in his yeah. apartment. They've got a fan on. It's the hottest day of the year. There's a lot of shots of old men on sitting on deck chairs on the street, just yeah. fanning themselves. It's quite intense and oppressive. Mm. Like weather's good in films. You know those old British films of the forties and fifties where yeah. someone looks out a window on a rainy London suburban street. And it's just raining. Yeah. You know that there's a film called It Always Rains on Sunday. It's like an old, yeah. you know that film. It's a, it's like a really, it makes it really atmospheric. If you put seasons or a particular, you know, like Fargo. Yeah, like the snow is like a big feature of that film. Yeah, different film if it was sunny. Yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is the funniest film you've ever seen? Probably with Nail and I. I don't know why. It's, it's something. Maybe. You know, it sounds like a really obvious answer. I'm sure other people say similar things. I mean, no really like, probably not as probably not as good as comedy in quotation marks as something like Life of Brian. But like Life of Brian, it doesn't make me laugh. I go, mm. this is brilliant. Yeah. I love the jokes in it. I think it's I think it's an amazing film. Yeah, everything about it. But it doesn't. I don't laugh out loud. There's something about Withnay and I, and very very lit few comedies do this where it's very difficult to define why it's funny. There's not really any joke. It's not really any yeah. jokes. There's not even a structure. If you had to do, if you were pitching that film, you'd be laughed out of the room. It's, it's nothing. They go, mm. there's some, a, a couple of out of work actors go to the country and some things happen, but it's the performances. And not, you know, I'm a believer in like, m- most good comedy is, is performance over, over, over content. And the performances are hilarious, and it's not really about anything. And I'm not really sure why it's funny. Yeah, but it's just—it's quite. I don't know. I don't know why. And also, it's not. It, I, I get the impression when he was making it. I remember I read his Bruce Robinson's autobiography, and he was saying when he wrote that film, 
I don't think he really intended it specifically as a comedy. It was just he was I, you know, mm. he was a down on his luck, you know, actor and just wrote this film, couldn't get funding for it and blah, 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 and just wrote it about where he was at at that, that particular time. And that's why maybe he doesn't really, he didn't ever really write any other comedies after that. Yeah. And I think that the thing I like about it is it's a very unique standalone thing. I guess maybe that's the same thing as a cult film, I don't know. But it's a thing that you can't replicate, you can't go, not, not necessarily go, we'll make a sequel, but you make another comedy. Even if you did, you've now got in your head, right, we're doing a comedy. Yeah. And it's not going to be, as, it's not going to be the same. So it, I think it's sort of that kind of comedy happens by accident. Yeah. Or, you know, I, I remember reading an article about the filming of it and Richard E. Grant was saying, no one laughed in the whole film. And he said there was one time, and I couldn't tell you what scene it was, but he said there was one time something happened and Bruce Robinson fell about laughing. And that was the only time. He said the rest of it, no one laughed once. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. So maybe they just didn't realise... You know, yeah, that's why it's special. Yeah, and maybe, and, and maybe, I guess because there's so many memorable, quotable lines in it. Mm. But again, I don't know why they're funny. You know, <laughs> like the coward you are with now and all that stuff. I, I don't know why. And sometimes they pop into my head the things you know, like Uncle Ralph or whatever. Yeah. The, the, I mean, the uh, Monty or whatever. Monty. Just his little, oh, come here, dear boy. All that stuff. Or him with his eyeliner and all that. It's, so, it's such a strange, odd thing. Yeah. Yeah. Come, my boys. Yeah, it's a weird thing. You're so and then It's that, a very weird film to pitch. Yeah. To pitch. But also that relationship. So, so Richard E. Grant is sort of that, as I say, that bombastic character. Mm. You know, the, the, the alpha guy. But then he's kind of somewhere else in the cottage because Monty's the kind of, He's the, he's the sort of Don of the house then, Monty Don. <laughs> and, and, and with now is sort of something else. He doesn't, he's sort of a different person then. He sort of needs something. Yeah, but yeah, that's probably, it, pro, it, it still makes me laugh. I'd never get bored of watching that film. Do you have a film that you think is the funniest film? Apart from Super Bob, obviously. Uh, I think, I mean, what most people say and I sort of go, yeah, is Spinal Tap. Right. Go, yeah, I suppose, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is probably... Yeah. But that, that yeah, that is. But also they they have successfully replicated a formula. Yeah. Like, I re- Best in Show, I think is... I, I think I probably prefer it. I think it's so funny. Yeah. You know, there's a couple of duds, but for the most part, I think it's a good format for, for films. I also really enjoyed the Jennifer Lopez film Enough. What's that? A film where she gets revenge on her ex-husband by learning Krav Maga. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay, I'll check that out. It's a lot That's of Krav Maga happening yeah. in this. Do you, want to ref- do you want to explain what Krav Maga is or should we leave it? It's interesting that we both know without having said what it is. Yeah. What is your favourite film? The last question. Oh, oh, we've talked about this. Have we? It might be on your list already, but I've asked you sort of different questions, but we haven't said what's your, your favourite, not the greatest, not the... When you watch the, the one that you go, my favourite film. That's interesting. I'll put nothing for this. Probably something that I watched when I was much younger called A Shot in the Dark, the Inspector Clouseau. The Pink Panther? Is that the first Pink Panther? No, it's the second one. The first one was more about David Niven, who yeah. was the 
Steve and Pete Sellers was a sort of minor character, but then they realised that he was he was obviously the funny thing. Right, poor David Niven must be like, what? Yeah, right, right. Well, I think he he sort of admitted it watching it back. It's like, right, well, that's clearly he that's clearly the character that should right. be his his film. Probably because it was a thing I watched a lot when I was younger. And um, it's another Blake Edwards. Two Blake Edwards references. Blake Edwards, yeah, right. It just really, really, really made me laugh. And there's a scene when he goes to a nudist camp. It's, I think, one of the funniest things I've ever seen. But he does a lot... He does a lot... Peter Sellers, with He does a lot of not obvious comedic things with his face, which is really rare. Mm. It's like a real natural gift for it. Especially when, you know, it came from things like The Goon Show on radio, where you did quite big and broad things and then he he's he's very unpredictable as as a person as a performer he's very unpredictable like Clouseau so on the face of it it's quite an obvious character sort of bumbling um naive sort of detective but he does a lot of things with his face that are really interesting and odd in the shot in the dark when he goes to this nudist camp it won't play well in the podcast but he does a lot of faces where you go I'm not sure what that face is (laughs) he's not he's not going Oh my goodness, he's got his yeah. cock out. He does a lot of, he sort of narrows his eyes and then they widen a bit and then he does that a lot. Right. And you're not quite sure what, you know, and it makes it compelling to watch because he's not really, he's mm. not really giving you something easy there. You're not sure what the character's thinking really. But I always think that's the funniest comedy. It's like an oblivious fool. Yeah. And I really like physical things. You know, physical comedy really makes me laugh. Sort of people falling over. I just think it's really the funniest thing in the world. Mm. It's a good answer, isn't it? It is a good answer. No one said that. Um, okay, so Alistair Green. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Yellow. You've been you've been wonderful. You've answered all the questions. Great. Correctly. Did some people not answer all the questions? No, some answered them wrong. Has anyone picked any sort of obscure films that you weren't aware of? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Acaster. Yeah. What do you, what do you say? Fish story. Fish. I had, I had, I had heard of it, but I'd never seen it. Yeah. Lots of people, but yours, no one said an Iranian film. Right. I had a lot for that. I had a lot of Japanese things there, but yeah. um, I thought, nah, we'll go with 10. Okay, so the thing is, when you got eaten by sharks... Oh, yeah, we, we got your that. body. We got your body out of the shark's stomach. Okay. But it turns out that that while you were in the shark's stomach, your body had absorbed most of what was inside the shark. So the thing is, when we put your body in a coffin, uh-huh. it was such a fucking mess. Right. There was no room for all these films we discussed. We can only put one DVD in with you. Oh, blimey. So for everything we've discussed, you only get to take one now. There's movie night in heaven. One night, it's going to be yours. What's the film you're taking? Oh, it's movie night in heaven. Is it like other people can bring films? As yeah, well? yeah, it's different. Different people, different nights. But when it's your night, but you what other one. people are there? Because I don't want to bring something. I how do I know what they've brought? I'd like a broad range. So I'd like yeah, someone yeah. to bring something, some highbrow yeah. sort of That's Aussie rich. Japanese That's I can't films. Tell you what the some, over here, there's some Hungarians. Yeah. And I, so for me, I would bring Predator. Excellent answer. Thank you. I suspect a lot of people have brought it. You're going to kick yourself. <laughs> It's going to be a nightmare. It's going to be purgatory. That's what it is. Just watching Predator all day. But you'd be happy with that. It's the film you watched the most. Yeah, it's not, to be honest, it's <laughs> be not like completely different from my current existence. Uh, thank you very much. Is there anything you would like to, to promote? Nah. Or, no. No. 
Absolutely nothing. You'd like to direct people to your Twitter or? Uh, if you want. <laughs> I, I recommend, I tell you what I do come, recommend. Come to my Instagram. Go to his Instagram. Come for the stories, stay for the pictures. S- pictures. Uh, Al Green does do my favourite Instagram stories in my top three anyway. What, uh, what do you mean? Who else is in there? I bet it's Emily. No. Erin <laughs> Foster and Don't Chrissy Tudor. Thank you for your time. Pleasure. Thank you for coming over. This one's going to be really hard to edit. But thank you very much. <laughs> see, see you soon. Thanks, bye. Bye. So that was episode 19. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Al for coming on the show. Next week, we've got a massive episode with Ricky Gervais. So look out for that. You can follow me on Twitter at Brett Goldstein and Instagram at Mr. Brett Goldstein. I'd like to say thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to Acast for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics and Lisa Lydon for the artwork. That's it for now. Have a really good week. But in the meantime, please be excellent to each other. Sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind. Sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. Maureen, your Canva presentation looks brilliant. Thanks, Brett. That's because I used AI-powered Canva presentations. I just described what I wanted and Canva presentations generated the perfect slides. You can even make a talking presentation for people to watch on their own time. Check this out. Recording. 101 Reasons Why Beaches is the Saddest Film Ever Made by your neighbour Maureen. Is it easy to use? If you can use a computer, you can nail your next work presentation with Canva Presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Oh, thanks, my name, Maureen. Yeah, thank you.